Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. So Pastor Sharon is with us this morning to bring the word. So we're just really excited about what God's put on your heart, Sharon. Amen. Well, it's wonderful to be here. I mean, it feels like home, right? <laughs> Even though it's 20 years. 20 years goes by really fast, as probably a lot of you know. But uh, just to mention, because uh, he mentioned that, uh, that 20 years ago, Jock and I and our son Travis and Camilla founded the church. But I want to say today that we did not found the church. It was the Lord Jesus Christ who founded this church. And we were just vessels. Okay, so Father, I just thank you today that you will move and that you will help me to to bring this message that's an hour long in a half an hour. So Father, (laughs) I bless you and I praise you today that you are here. You are here in this place. Father, we've sensed your presence during the worship and we know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever and that you are here to bring freedom. You are here to bring life unto every one of your children in Jesus' name mighty name. Amen. Amen. Um, So to start, I'm just going to say this. I love the worship, by the way. I don't know where the worship leader is, but I really love the worship. Uh, But this little song I've been learning, so I'm not going to sing it, though. I'll just get you to say it with me. And it goes, um, open the door of my heart. I'm not going to sing it. Open the door to my heart wide open. Reveal who you are, your personal presence. Jesus, you are all I want. Isn't that beautiful? So can we say that? Open the door of my heart. Wait a minute here. Open the door of my heart wide open. Reveal who you are. Your personal presence. Jesus, you are all I want. Amen. Hallelujah. I can tell you guys are a hungry bunch of people. Amen. So what I want to speak to you about today is about getting to know the Holy Spirit and the seven levels of your relationship with him. And um, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to try, okay? So anyway, the first, we're going to talk about Jesus. You know that Jesus didn't have just 12 disciples. Do you know that? It said multitudes followed him. And after he died and was resurrected, there were 500 people that he appeared to. So not just the 12. And then he had a smaller group. He had 70 that he sent out. Okay, he sent out 70 to to cast out devils, to heal, and all that stuff. And then he sent out 12. There was a smaller group. Okay, 12. That was his 12 disciples that were with him all the time. And he told them things he didn't tell anybody else because they were closer to him, right? And then he had three. Then he had Peter, James, and John. They were really close to Jesus. They were the ones that he took up on the mountain, and they seen him, the transfiguration of his, of his clothes. They seen the glory of God. And, you know, I don't want to be one of the 500 or the 70 or the 12. I want to be one of the three. I want to be like John who laid his head on the breast of Jesus and he knew God's heart and he knew God's desires. And that's where God wants to bring us, each and every one of us. So the first, I'm going to, there's seven of them. So I'll start with the first one. First, the first thing the Holy Spirit does, and before I say that, I want to say, 
I love Jesus, and I always talk to Jesus. But the Holy Spirit lately, through the COVID and all that stuff, you know, it was bad, but in a way it was good because we spent that quality time with God. And I think the church needed that, you know. But anyways, um, we spent that time with him. And uh, I forget where I was going now. Oh, boy. Anyways, um, we spent that quality time with him. Oh, yes. And that's when the Holy Spirit started to become so real to me. And, and now it's like, he's my friend. I love him. I could not live without the Holy Spirit. He is so powerful. I kind of know just a little little teeny bit of what Catherine Kuhlman was talking about. The Holy Spirit, he lives in us, people. He lives in us, and we have to know him. He's a person. He's so alive, and he's so powerful, okay? Because he's the one when God created, he said, create the earth. As the Holy Spirit was the one that did the work. Imagine that, and he's in us. So anyway, go back to the first one. I, I go off everywhere, so anyways, the first one is he draws you. Do you know that you're in this place today because he drew you here? He drew you. The Holy Spirit draws us. And um, I remember one time we had a little group out in the cafe there. And I asked the group, the little group we had, like, when did the Holy Spirit begin to draw you? And, you know, majority of them said when I was young. I was just a child. And I, there was this, this feeling that I wanted to know. And, you know, that's why, I'm, Christine, that's why it's so important. Children's ministry. Because God starts calling them at a very young age. He starts drawing them. And so he draws us, and he drew you here today. And um, I was going to say, this sounds crazy, but, you know, he, uh, he draws us. No, I won't go there. <laughs> he draws us anyway. And I remember as a young person, I wasn't even born again. I wasn't saved. And I, I was, we were going, my sister and I, to, to rent an apartment Probably it was about 16. But we went into this little store that was doing furniture. We needed furniture. And he didn't say anything about Jesus. But, you know, I came away saying, this guy, there's something different about him. Because he really cared about us. He was trying to help us. And there was just a love or something that was coming from him. And do you know that the Bible says that we are a sweet fragrance of Christ? Even when we don't say anything, when we are walking in the love of God, there's that fragrance, and it's just going to people, and they can sense it, and God begins to draw them. So the first one is the Holy Spirit draws us. Unless he draws us, it says, unless the Father draws us, we, we don't come to him, but he wants to draw each and every one of us. We just have to have our heart wide open, right? Okay, so that's number one. Number two is he saves you. How many in here are saved? Everybody? Praise God. He saves you. And it's a free gift, you know. And he comes to live inside you. He translates you from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. I mean, it's, it's, it's the greatest miracle that could ever happen. And that's all you have to do is believe that he died for your sins, repent for your sins, invite him into your life, and everything changes. And go tell somebody how wonderful he is. And that's the greatest miracle because you just change from darkness to light. Your heart changes. You get a brand new heart. He takes out the stony one, and he puts in a heart of flesh. Amen. Okay, so he saves you. It's free. You don't have to do anything. 
except, except him, of course. <laughs> John 1 says, to as many as receive him, they become sons and daughters of God. Imagine that. God is our father. We become sons and daughters of the living God. I mean, it's, it's almost too big to think about, right? Uh, he loves everybody. He died for the whole world. But when you receive him, you become special. You become a son. You become a daughter. It's, it's so good. And then he takes his Holy Spirit and he seals us, and which is the down payment on his purchased possession. He paid for each one of us with his blood. He bought us. And then he said, okay, I'm going to seal them. I'm going to make them mine so that they know they're mine. Okay, so that's uh, number two. I want to go fast because four and five gets longer. Number three is he fills you. So you know in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came down, filled them with the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Oh, sorry, I'm not used to I'm used to them. Uh, a mic that doesn't move. <laughs> Anyways, he comes down, and he fills you with the Holy Spirit. And it said there were tongues of fire on them, and they spoke in another language, the Holy Spirit. And uh, they were, had the power to witness, and that's so amazing. But you know what? That is not, that is wonderful, but we don't stop there. Some people stop there. You can't stop there, you see. In Acts, then they said the, the disciples were out and they were being persecuted for talking in the name of Jesus. And they went into the room and they started to pray and they said, God, give us boldness. Give us boldness to preach your gospel, even though they're persecuting us and they don't want us to talk in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit came again. We don't talk about it as often as the first one. And the whole building shook. And they were asking for power. How many know the church needs power today? The church needs power. Not just this church. This church, I love this church. It's amazing. But every church, we all need the power of God to operate through us. So that's number three. And, uh, and then it was on the great day of the feast. Oh, maybe I'll read Ephesians 5. Do you have that one up there? Ephesians 5, 17 to 20. I don't know if you have that one. Nope, nope, that's not it. Okay, I'll, I'll just read it here. I must, maybe I gave you the wrong one. Ephesians 5. This is my Spanish-English Bible. So. <laughs> uh, where is Ephesians? Ephesians 5. Maybe I gave you the wrong one. I think I gave it the wrong one. That's why I can't use scripture. I'll just have to go by what's in my heart. <laughs> so Ephesians, the, the scripture I want to tell you about is the one where he says to give how we get filled with the Holy Spirit on a continual basis is that with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our heart unto the Lord. And as you do that, you just get alone with him and you start saying, God, I love you, I praise you. There's something starts generating on the inside. And there's a power that starts to generate. And he brings you into his awesome presence. Wow. I mean, we're to do that every day. Every day you do that. You just get alone with him and worship him and there's the generator starts working. Amen. Okay, so that's Ephesians. And then John 7, 37 and 38. It said it was the last day. 
the last day before Jesus goes to the cross. And it says, on the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, and I believe Jesus is here standing today, crying out to every church and to every person and every son and daughter of God, are you thirsty? Is anyone thirsty? Is anyone thirsty in here? Yes, amen. Anyone, he said, is anyone thirsty? And he's crying it out today. Is anyone thirsty? Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being, that means your spirit, the, the part of you that worships God and praises God, out of your innermost being will flow, what, anybody know? Rivers, rivers of living water. And it said he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the river. And I don't know if you've ever seen on the news, the river comes out and it's rushing down when there's a big flood there and it goes down. It just takes everything out. It's powerful. But God's Spirit wants to take out everything that shouldn't be in our lives. But then... In Ezekiel, it says the river that he pours out through us also. When it flows, wherever the river goes, there's healing. Wherever the river goes, there's freedom. Wherever the river goes, he touches people's lives. He sets them free. He saves them. It's amazing. It's amazing how water can be used in a dangerous way, but in a powerful way for God. It's so amazing. And that river, say that river, is in me. It's in me. Do you believe it? It's in you. Hallelujah. Okay. And then uh, I was just thinking one day, I was thinking about the woman at the well. And, you know, Jesus went and, and she said, well, how can you give me water? I mean, you don't even have a bucket. Right? You don't have a bucket. But his water is not the water we drink naturally. It's a spiritual water. It's a powerful water. And he said... Uh, so, and then in Isaiah 12, 2 to 3, it says, There is a well in you, and you draw that well, the water out of the well. I was going to talk about priming a pump, but I don't know much about it. You guys probably know. But anyway, you got to prime that pump, okay? And um, there is a well in you, and you draw the water out, it says in Isaiah 12, 2 to 3. I don't know if I got that one right. Okay, Isaiah um, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You know what? The church is not joyful enough today. You know, everybody's sad and sorry. We have to be full of joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, you know, I, I don't know, but God showed me. He said, if we will come into church and we will praise God and give him the highest praise, you know what he does? He draws us into the Holy of Holies. And that's that, when you're in the Holy of Holies, that's when he starts talking to you. That's when he starts revealing his secrets. That's when you begin to really know who he is. That's when he reveals who he is. So, uh, I mean, hey, I like dancing. I got a real good dance song for the end. Amen. Uh, so it's with joy. You like joy, right, Jones? <laughs> I know, he's a good drummer. <laughs> um, so you are saved through faith. It's a gift. But to go further, you need to be thirsty. You need to be really, really thirsty. I know right now I'm drinking two liters of water a day because I'm supposed to. And if I forget a day, you know, you can feel you've missed it. You've missed it. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. You got a, at least two liters, right? 
two liters. And, uh, and then if you don't get it, you miss them. You miss them. Amen. And oh, number four, I don't know if I'll get through them all, Peter. I don't know if I have time. Number four is the abiding. He said we need to abide in him. And if his words abide in us, we can ask whatever we want, and it shall be done for us. Amen? His word abiding in us and us abiding in him. I don't know. I see a tree and I see a branch. I don't want to be the branch that's broken off like that hurricane thing, you know. You don't want to be off because you'll wither and die. You need to be abiding. Abiding is that secret place. Abiding is uh, it's, it's just being with him. Just sit with him and say, Lord, just talk to him. You know, it was so neat. We did, we did a counseling session with this young girl not too long ago. And, um, I, you know, you asked them, you know, what, do you, what did Jesus say? And she said, oh, should, yeah, I talk to Jesus all the time. She said, I asked him, she said, uh, how are your kids today? Are you having trouble with your kids? And I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Like, she, she just talked to him. And um, it's so cool. So we can just talk to him. He knows everything about us, right? And so abiding, abiding is that wonderful place. Uh, and that's where Jesus reveals his secrets to us. So we want to abide. We want to be there, amen? Number five is walking in the spirit or being led by the spirit. Okay, I got one page done. And um, so walking by the spirit. When I first got saved, I... I, I I read a book. It was 20 years ago. I got saved in kind of a revival time. You know, we all worshipped in tongues, and it was like a wave. It, it was awesome. God did such amazing things. But anyway, um, yeah, when I first got saved, I wanted to know how to, to be led by the Spirit. So I said, God, whatever you ask me, whatever. And you know, God talks to us like he gives you an intuition or a thought or a... You know, you just know it's him, right? And so anyway, Jock's laying on the floor playing with the kids because we're just young, you know. Anyways, and, uh, and so I'm walking by, and the Spirit said, ask him if he wants you to wash his hair. I thought, what? I don't like washing hair. That's, I would not be a hairdresser. I don't like washing hair. But anyway, I thought, well, I better obey. So I said, would you like me to wash your hair? And he said, yeah. Oh, <laughs> grandy. Anyway, I did wash his hair. But anyway, that was just starting. So you just say, God, what do you want? He'll tell you little things. It may not be spiritual. Maybe just, hey, be nice to that person. Do this, do that. And he will, he will tell you. So anyway, uh, I lost my page here. Okay. Um, so, you know, the Holy Spirit, and I know all, most of you here use the GPS. You want to go somewhere where you've never been before. You put on the GPS. I'm not very good at it, but I put it on, and it says, turn left, turn right, and, uh, and if you turn the wrong way, it'll say, recalculate. How many love that? Recalculate. But anyways, uh, the Holy Spirit's the same way. He'll say, go over here, go over there, and whatever, and you don't really know where you're going, but you know you end up at your destination if you follow his voice. If you let him lead you, you will end up at, his, at the de destination he has for you. So if we can trust a silly old GPS, how many know we can trust Jesus? Amen. Amen. And if you follow closely, he'll bless your marriage, your life, your finances, and he'll bless others through you. And better still, he'll use you to cover the earth with his glory. 
That's where the church has to go, people. That's where we have to go. Okay, so that's number five. Number six, because I want to go through a little quicker, is the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He'll come upon you. Isaiah 61. I guess Yelena's, I don't know if she's here. Oh, el Espíritu del Señor está sobre mí. Porque me ha enviado para vendar a los quebrantados de corazón. So the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He's upon me because he has. No, first I want to tell you. How many think the Spirit of God was upon Jesus? Yeah. Well, Jesus. I mean, he's enemies. I mean, Jesus, right? Anyways. But it said, in Isaiah, he got up and he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So that's different. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. We need the Spirit of the Lord God to come upon us. Okay? So he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to, to you know, he sent me to uh, set free the captives and to bring freedom to the to the blind, to open the eyes of the blind. He sent me to do this. You know, and in John it says, in the Gospel of John, it says, as he sent Jesus, so is he sending you and you and you, each one of us. He has sent each one of us. He said, the same works that I do, you shall do also. Amen? And we think, what? We can't, you know. And last night I was, before I went to bed, I was thinking, you know, we only know this much of the things Jesus did. Because at the end of John, it says it wouldn't, the world wouldn't be able to contain the number of books of the things that he did. So he did things we don't even know about. And he's saying, I want to use you. I want to use you. Okay, so he comes upon us. And when you step out to do what he wants you to do, you got to step out of your comfort zone. Um... So just this week, I stepped out of my comfort zone. I went over to Metro, and if you know my husband, those of you who know him, he's the kind who just go talk to anybody and do anything. And I'm not, okay? I'm just not. Anyway, I'm at Metro, which is not far from my house, and I'm driving, and I seen this man and his wife, and he had a cane. He was blind, and he's hitting the... The, stick, the sidewalk to get on. And then she comes along, and I'm thinking in my head, oh, they're both blind. You know how you would think. And I thought, they're both blind. So I drive along, and the Holy Spirit says, go pray for them. And I thought, no, not me. No, no, Jock does that. I mean, I don't do that. Anyways, uh, he said, go pray for them. And I thought, no, no. Anyway, I said, i got to go home and study for Sunday. So anyway, I go around the corner, and I turn the corner, and he said, so you're so too busy to obey me? I thought, no, God, no, I'm not too busy to obey you. So anyway, I turn the car around, and I go back, and now I'm making a, another deal. Lord, if they're still there. <laughs> so anyway, I go around, <clears throat> and I'm coming along, and there they are. Hoo-hoo. So I go, and I drive the car, and I pull into this lot, and I get out of the car, and here they're way walking, so I thought, oh my God, I'll have to chase them, so I get back in the car, and I I go again, and I said, I'll get ahead of them, that way I can get out, (laughs) so I go ahead, and I pull in somebody else's driveway, and I get out, and I walk out there, and they're coming along, so I said, good morning, (laughs) and uh, and it was good they couldn't see me anyway, if they're blind, right, (laughs) anyway, so I said, I said, good morning, I said, uh, can I say something to you for a minute? Talk to you. And the girl said, 
well, I don't have much time. And I said, okay, well, I said, it was just that I was driving along and the Spirit of God told me to stop and pray for you guys. And she said, oh, okay, thank you. And then I said, well, I'll, can I lay in that? Oh, no, they don't want me to touch them. So I said, no, no, you don't want me to touch you. So I said, anyway, so I said, okay. I said, the Spirit of the Lord God is saying to you that he wants to open your spiritual eyes and your natural eyes in the name of Jesus. And she said, thank you, but the man kind of ran away. But anyway, um, well, he couldn't run too fast. He was blind, but I mean, he walked <laughs> away. Anyway, but, you know, I don't know what happened, but it doesn't matter. Maybe five years from now, this woman will say, this crazy woman stopped me on the sidewalk, you know, and she'll be able to see. How do we know? We have to obey the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Do I have time? I have. Okay. Oh, awesome. Okay. So stepping out of your comfort zone, okay? So one time I'm in this big church, there's 1,500 people, and my pastor's up there as a woman, and she starts crying. She had a lot of pressure on her, just crying, and because uh, she was trying to do a big building, and oh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, so I'm standing there, and all of a sudden I think, uh, me, I'm shy. 1,500 people. I'm really shy, and it's like, go up and hug her. I go, no, go up and hug her. So anyways, but I did. I went up, and I hugged her. And when I hugged her, it was the power of God just came. And she, I was ministering to her, and she was ministering to me. And all the congregation, 1,500 people, started singing, Amazing Grace. The power and the Spirit of God was amazing. It was amazing. You know, we have to hold one another up. We have to hold one another up. So that was one time I had to step out. Another time, I'm at a Women's Aglow. I used to be the president of a Women's Aglow in Cornwall. Anyway, I'm there, and there's about eight of us, and we're in this little meeting uh, in the basement, and these two women come in. I've never seen them before in my life. How they even found us in a house, I have no idea. But they came in, and so we're all holding hands and just praying in a circle, and the Holy Spirit said to me, pray for that woman. I I don't even know her. I mean, she, she just came in from nowhere. Anyway, uh, he said, pray for her. And I said, well, well, you know how we argue with God? Well, 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 I don't know. Anyways, so finally I said, okay, God, when we're done praying, if she, you know, says anything, I'll pray for her. So she said, okay. So we finished praying as a group, and this girl said, can you pray for me? Never seen her in my life. And all of a sudden, we're talking about the Spirit of God coming on you. Now, it doesn't come on you all the time. It only comes on you when God wants to do something big, right? Anyway, and he wants to accomplish something. This woman, I, I didn't know her. And the Holy Spirit came on me. I laid hands on her. She fell on the floor. I jumped over her and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And I, and I, I mean, I jumped over her. And anyway, I thought, What? So I got up and the girls, then she got up and she left. Don't even know who she was. And, and then the girls said to me, oh, Sharon, I've never seen you do that before. I said, that's because I never did that before. <laughs> so when the Spirit of God comes in you, you'll do things that you never did before or you never expect to do. So that's when the Spirit of God comes upon you. That's number six. And, you know, we have to get to the place where we deny ourselves. We die to ourselves. Like Catherine Kuhlman said, she had to die 
She had to die to herself, her own desires. So number six, we're getting pretty deep here, right? We're getting pretty deep. So you know what? God loves each one of us whatever stage we're at. But he wants you to go, to come further down the line, okay? Okay. Um, so now this one is, whew. So you deny yourself. You take up your cross and you follow him. Everybody's is different. So don't, don't look at someone else and say, I need to do what they do or this one does. Because each one of us is different and God has a different plan for each one of us. So what he tells you to do may not be what he tells you to do. Okay? So take up your place and follow him. Now there's one I don't like to talk about too much, but it's called brokenness. That's included with him coming upon you. You know, sometimes we go through areas in our life where we just feel broken. We feel like there's nothing else for me. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? There's just nothing. Maybe you've lost someone and you, you just feel, oh, there's just, you know what I mean? You, you, but you know what? We go through that brokenness because God wants, it's not that he wants to hurt us. He doesn't. He wants us healed. He wants us whole. But we go through brokenness because when you go through a brokenness, you change. And you don't, you're not doing things for your own self anymore. I'm getting older. I don't care what people think about me anymore. Just don't care. I'm going to do what God told me to do. You know, and, and, um, and this broken thing, um, how much time do I have? <laughs> Anyways, um, like I, I, I love this church, and I don't know if I should share this. <laughs> Anyways, um, Pastor Travis came in, and he, and, uh, and Camilla, and they're awesome. You have awesome pastors. I'm going to tell you that. And Peter and Anita, they're amazing. But you know, I had put my whole life into this church. It meant everything to me. And one day I was out there, and I knew we had to leave because I knew that God wanted you to see pastor now as his, Travis as your pastor and not us. And I, this place was my whole heart. It was my life. And I was out sitting on the on the deck, out on the deck there, uh, not the deck, the cement there, where you can look across and you can see the bridge and you can see the church from there. And I was there and I was crying. And I said, God, this church means everything to me. And, you know, he said, I'm not just in that church. I'm in you and I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. You know, and that brokenness brought me to this place where I don't care what people say. I don't care where I go, what I do, whatever I do, I'm doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. And nobody's going to stop me. You know, I, I go with a class, a Spanish class, there's seven or eight of them. None of them are saved. And I spend every Friday morning with them. And they tell me all their junk that they do, you know. And so I tell them all my wonderful stuff that I do. I figure I have to listen to them. They can listen to me. And um, they haven't kicked me out yet. Uh, so God is amazing, and he's just bringing you. Then he brings you to that place. Uh, just last week, I went in with my Spanish class to Tim Hortons. And this girl all of a sudden started shaking, and she fell over, and her eyes were glazed. I thought, oh, my gosh, she's having a, a seizure. And um, 
Normally, I would have thought, oh, my God, I wouldn't have done anything. But I got up and I said, in the name of Jesus, get off of her. And I said, and then nothing was happening. So I thought, oh, my God, like she looks bad. Her eyes were all glazed. And and I thought, oh, well. So the other girl, she's panicking. And I said, call 911. I mean, she needs to go. Somebody has to look at her. So he called, she goes to call 911. Couldn't find the number. She was so nervous. <laughs> anyway, so I, uh, but I just started praying in the spirit. Let the river flow. And I was praying under my breath. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, just say, be whole. So I said, be whole. She sat up. Oh, thank God. Anyway, thank God. So, you know, we have to be, have that boldness. And I didn't have it before. I'm going to tell you, I would have sat there and said, oh, somebody else do something. Uh, we got to have that boldness, people. You know, and God wants you to have it. Okay, so that's the, the, the broken stuff. Um, and the big, another big thing is that, you know, we don't just need physical healing. Often we need emotional healing. And I think you guys teach that with the highway to wholeness. Emotional healing. Because sometimes there's things in our lives that's, that, that needs to be healed before we can even receive our, our physical healing. And uh, it is the greatest, the greatest miracle. Because uh, one woman, once again, at the Women's Aglow, she had come in and she had lost her husband. And she had a spirit of grief on her. Like she was just, she was really, and her daughter said she's been like that for a long time. So we all stood in a circle. We just started singing praises. We just started singing praises together, the whole group of us. And all of a sudden, it was like a smile just burst onto her face. See, the Holy Spirit did it. And she was free from that grief. So that's why today I wanted to talk about the Spirit of God because the river is so important. So, you know, it's not, it's not by our power. It's not by our faith. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think, oh, my faith isn't there. I'm not good enough, la, 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 la. Let that generator work, and the Holy Spirit does the work. The Holy Spirit does the work. And, you know, like Peter, it says his shadow, right? He walked by, and people were healed. It wasn't his shadow. It was the Holy Spirit in his shadow. Peter didn't do it. The, 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 the disciples in Acts didn't heal anybody. It was the Spirit of God. Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. I just love him. I'm getting to know him more and more every day. Okay, so there's one more. Do you want to know the last one? Okay, the last one is 1 Corinthians. I hope I gave you the right one. 1 Corinthians 6.17. No, that's not it. I'm having trouble with my scriptures. That's why I just say it, because it's always an issue. <laughs> Do you have it, First Corinthians 6, 17? I can look it up. Okay. But he who is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit with the Lord. Do you know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? They're all one spirit. And we are in them. We're all one spirit. One spirit with the Lord. And, you know, 
Um, I'll just tell you the next scripture, just so you know it ahead of time. John 17, 17 to 21. But before we read it, I just want to tell you. Um, you know what a wedding, I know most of you have been a wedding, not all of you do this, but there's usually a candle, right? And the, the husband goes up and he has a candle and the wife has a candle. And then they, no, they light the candle first. See, okay. they light the candle, the big one. And then she blows out hers and then he puts it there and he blows out his. That means they become one, right? So the Spirit of God is saying, blow out your candle and become one with me, okay? Become one with me. Your spirit and the Spirit of God joined. That's what he wants. You die to yourself, you blow out your flame, and you become one with him. His heart, his desires, and his purposes. You know, sometimes we try to do our thing, and it's, it's not what he wants. So just trust him. If you trust him, he'll bring you into the place he wants you. So John 17, we'll read that one, and then I'm going to end... You have it, John 17, 17 to 21. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is the truth. So we know God's word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Each one of us are sent into the world, not just to come to church, right? But to go into the world. And for this sake, no... No, we need, I think that's the same one. Uh, the next one, the next one after that. Next verse. No, okay, it's stuck. <laughs> I'll look that one up. I can find it. Okay. John 17. And then we'll end. John 12. John 17. 17. It said, he said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Then verse 20 says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word. Did you believe in Jesus Christ through someone? Because the disciples told somebody, and somebody told somebody, and somebody, did you believe? So Jesus was praying, and he said, I have sanctified myself for them, and I'm sending them into the world. Those, everyone. So I say, I do not ask, Jesus said, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for Sharon, who is in me. I ask for Sharon. He prayed for me personally. He prayed for you, Joan, personally. He prayed for you, Josiah, Nathaniel. He prayed for you personally that you would take his power, his river, and go into the world and bring healing and bring love and bring friendship and bring everything people need to them because you are the only way that they're going to see him. You're the only way they're going to see him. So the river, the river is in me. Say, the river is in me. I'm going to let it flow with power. I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I don't care what people think. <laughs> That's a good one. Amen. Amen. 
So, okay, so um, I don't know. Um, I have one more scripture. It's Luke 13, 16. And it's, God gave it to me last night. And it's powerful. Luke 13, 16. Thirteen, sixteen. Okay, and it says, And this woman, a daughter of Abraham as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 years long, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? Okay, here she was, all bent over, couldn't straighten up. It was by a spirit, right? And Jesus said, But the part what I want to have you notice is that Abraham... How many sang in Sunday school? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. I don't know the rest. (laughs) Anyway, we are descendants of Abraham. Say, I'm a seed of Abraham. I'm a child of Abraham. Should you be bound on the Sabbath day? Today's the Sabbath. Should you be bound? No. No. God came to set you free. And this poor woman was 18 years bent over. Some of us maybe are bound five years, 10 years, 20 years. The Spirit of God is saying today is the Sabbath. Today you are a child of the living God and I want to set you free. I want to set you free is what the Spirit of God is saying. I want to set you free. So I don't know if the worship fellow wants to play something here. But if you have been bound and you know you want to be set free, I want to ask you to just come here to the front. And, it, and the other one, if you feel you were here today and you heard me and you, t- you, you don't know Jesus and you know that he's drawing you, there's something on the inside saying, you need this. You need to come. I want you to come stand over here if, if, if the Holy Spirit is drawing you because it's the greatest miracle that could ever happen in your life, okay? Over here, if he's drawing you. Here, if you've been bound for one year, two years, five, hopefully not more than 18, but anyway, just come right here. And what was the other one? And if you're just thirsty and you, you just want more, you can come stand over there, okay? So anyway, where is my worship team here? <laughs> oh, here he is. Here he comes. And then uh, if anybody comes up, if not, hey, listen, God can touch you right where you are too. But if they do come up, I'd like the prayer. I think, Marilyn, are you in charge of the prayer teams or whatever? Them to come and pray for them. But uh, after, we're just going to sing this for a little bit. And then I've got a joy song that she's going to put on for us. It's the second one. It's dance, the dance in the okay? So hallelujah. Father, I thank you for each person in this place. I thank you, Father. I pray that what I've spoken, I believe it was as you directed. I just pray that every person, that that word went into their hearts, that it will bring forth fruit, that God, you will begin to flow. Your river will flow through each one of them. Father, I thank you. I thank you for who you are and for what you can do. Like they sang earlier, what can our God do? He's mighty. He's mighty. He can do all kinds of things that we don't even think about, God. So, Father, I just praise you and thank you for each one here. So if you want to come, if you don't, that's fine. They're going to sing for a few minutes. Thank you, Lord.
power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at thecrossroads.ca.